This is going to completely change the dynamics that have existed for investors over the last decade. Pretty much everything that worked while the Fed was inflating this bubble is not going to work as the air comes out of it. And the air is going to come out of it. If you have Bitcoin, sell half, keep half. This is the top. Nobody listened to me. If you knew who was really behind Bitcoin, really behind Bitcoin, you would run as fast as you fucking could to sell it. I know. 100%. Jeremy Grantham has been calling market bubbles for decades. And he says right now we're in a super bubble that's about to burst. And there have only been a very small number of those, three of them in the US equity market. This one, the 2000 tech bubble in 1929. So Stanley Druckenmiller is widely considered one of the best investors to ever live. In 1977, Stanley dropped out of his PhD program and joined the Pittsburgh National Bank as a retail investment analyst. This was the start of his journey towards success. After learning the ropes, Druckenmiller founded his own investment firm in 1981. He established a strong track record that the hedge fund manager George Soros then recruited him to work at the Quantum Fund. As the Quantum Fund's lead portfolio manager, Stanley Druckenmiller, managed to pull off one of the best trades within history. In 1992, the pair broke the Bank of England with a bet against the British pound, netting them a nice $1 billion payday. And following the long partnership with Soros, Druckmiller then built his capital firm to a peak of $12 billion of assets under management. In 2010, he returned all of the investors' money and converted the fund into a family office. There is no getting around the fact that Stanley Druckmiller is by far one of the best investors to ever live, and his track record actually backs this up too. His track record is almost peerless. Over more than four decades of investing, Druckmiller has never ever recorded a down year, and his fund even notched a return of 11% in 2008. And during one stretch, he compounded assets at 30% plus per year for 30 years straight, today equating him to a net worth of a shy $5 billion. So what did Stanley Druckmiller just say? But before we get into that, please check out the first link in the description and sign up for the monthly newsletter. The latest deep dive newsletter was on Palantir Technologies, about 7,000 plus words on each equity per month. Check it out, link should be in the description. So a clip of Stanley Druckmiller has just newly surfaced online with Stanley Druckmiller really having some negative commentary in regards to the future outlook for the stock market. Stanley speaks about his probabilistic pessimism that he has towards the market and the unlikely fact that a soft landing is even possible. Let's take a listen to this clip before we dissect his commentary. You're so far behind the inflation rate and there's so much wood to chop and there's been such a broad asset bubble going into it. Um, it's very hard for me to say that the probabilities favor a soft landing. Indeed, I think they aggressively point to a hard landing. Anything's possible. As I said earlier, I've been wrong plenty of times in my career, but betting on a soft landing to me is a real, is a real long shot. So you think once inflation goes above 5%, it's very hard to tame us in a way that's elegant? Well, that's what history says. It's, there, there's an interesting historical fact which in fact I think is going to be violated, but two undefeated records are number one, 
once inflation gets above 5%, it's never come down unless uh, Fed funds have gotten above the CPI. Well, since the CPI is 8, that would call for a Fed funds rate of above 8. Frankly, I don't think we'll get there because the extent of the asset bubble and the damage that would be done. Think about the fact that we have virtually no bankruptcies and look at the probably the most disruptive period um, since the 1890s. So let's proceed to dissect some of the commentary by Stanley Druckenmiller, firstly starting with the idea that Stanley believes the Fed is just so far behind inflation that there's no catching up now. Do you remember, for example, when the Fed literally just a few months ago was screaming from the hilltops that inflation is solely transitory and would dissipate easily? This was despite numerous commentators literally screaming at the Fed, expressing their concerns regarding the huge excess and unheard money printing madness. The Fed fundamentally acted too late, and now there is rightful debate as to if this acting late will become deadly for the stock market. As Stanley said, and we'll investigate within one minute, the inflation rate above 5% historically has proven that this is going to lead to a prolonged recession if not even worse. Since World War II, there have been six periods in which inflation, as measured by the CPI, was 5% or higher. This occurred in 46 to 48, 50 to 51, 69 to 71, 73 to 82, and 08. Just check out this graph to see the past historical events of inflation above 5%. Many have turned their heads and attention to the years following World War II, an episode that has strong similarities to what is occurring in the current environment. World War II ushered in a period of inflation comparable to the inflationary episodes that occurred during the Civil War and World War I. Prices also surged after World War II. Ended in 1947, inflation jumped to over 20%. And according to many commentators, the period right after World War II potentially provides the most relevant case study as the rapid post-war inflationary episode was caused by the elimination of price controls, supply shortages, and pent-up demand. This figure you can see on the screen now shows the changes in prices in the five years following World War II. According to many figureheads, one including Benjamin Kaplan in 1956, the inflationary episode after World War II ended after two years as domestic and foreign supply chains normalized and consumer demand began to level off. For all of you that are wondering, Kaplan also observed that the private fixed investment started to decline, which contributed to the decline in real prices, causing the economy to fall into solely a mild recession, with real GDP declining by 1.5%. Now, one thing that's really interesting about this current economic climate is the factor of expectations. Never before have I known this notion of expectations to be so centered upon one specific outcome. It seems like everyone you speak to is predicting a recession or even worse. And this alone could be a factor in which reduces the probabilities of this occurring. This is specifically because economics and the economy has so much to do with consensus and psychology. Expectations play a huge role within the future of the economy and the potential for, let's say, a recession. If actual inflation is affected by inflation expectations, and if expectations are in part formed by recent experiences, what economists call adaptive expectations, then one risk is that the transitory supply constraints and pent-up demand could have a more persistent effect by raising longer run-up expectations for inflation. 
But on the other hand, there is a more optimistic scenario in which, for me at least, seems to be far more reasonable. On the other hand, businesses and consumers in relation to expectations may see through the supply chain disruptions and not change their longer-run expectations significantly. And like the paradox of psychology and investing and the economy is that today everyone is predicting and expecting a huge deep recession, if not worse. And therefore this alone, I believe, is a viable factor in which we could use in order to perhaps present a strong counter case. If everyone is expecting a recession, will the recession actually occur? How deep will it actually be? I've never heard ever everyone, almost 100% of the population, expecting a deep recession and the recession coming. It doesn't make sense. The bottom line is, no single historical episode is a perfect template for current events. But when looking for historical parallels, it is useful to concentrate on inflationary episodes that contain supply chain disruptions and spikes in consumer demand after a period of temporary suspension. The inflationary period after World War II is likely a better comparison for the current decline and the current economic situation than of 1970s, and it suggests that inflation could quickly decline once supply chains are fully online and pent-up demand levels off. It's fairly analogous to a stock market crash. I mean, never in history have we had, you know, huge level consensus pointing towards a stock market crash occurring in a certain period within time, and then that crash actually occurring. Stock market crashes get people when they're off guard, and often when people are least expecting these crashes to occur. I think the same is true when it comes to economics and the outlook for the economy. Just to look at some other figureheads, including that of Ray Dalio, and most importantly, Stanley Druckermiller. Stanley Druckermiller is definitely not shy of predicting large, bold events in which will occur in the coming years. He noted many times last year that there was the potential for a larger than average event occurring. He noted at CNBC's Delivering Alpha Investor Summit that a central case is a hard landing by the end of 23. He stated that we'll be stunned if we don't have a recession in 2023. I don't know the timing, but certainly by the end of 2023. I will not be surprised if it's not larger than the so-called average garden variety. But this is by no means the worst of his calls. In fact, just in the past few months, Stanley Druckermiller has noted his concern regarding US domination as the leading world power and what this could mean for the global currency. Druckermiller noted his case for the demise of the US dollar and the looming debt crisis, mainly driven by incompetent leaders, he suggests. Stanley said recently about the debt, we're getting to the point now where the interest expense on the debt is so high that it's going to eat up our ability to basically service the next generation, and I'm not even sure about the current one. Let's take a look at the brief commentary by Stanley Druckermiller in regards to the US dominance and the hideous levels of debt in which he is becoming increasingly concerned about. Let's listen. Let's talk about the dollar. And 85% of the transactions are still done in the dollar. You pointed out in a recent speech that you think we've crossed the Rubicon. Are you comfortable saying what you said there, that, that, that for the first time in your career, you think we lose reserve status at some point? I'm comfortable with it. That's my central case. As you know, Joe, I can change my mind. But yeah, um, you said that to some extent, the Fed is enabling the fiscal transfers. It's not to some extent. They couldn't be doing this without the Fed. The Fed is monetizing their activity. I mentioned all the QE after vaccine confirmation and retail sales. We've had 850 billion of direct transfers. 575 billion of them came after retail sales 
were above trend. 575 of the 850 billion. I'm old enough to remember the, the bond market vigilantes. I used to be one of them. Without the Fed buying, I don't know what the exact number is, I think it's 60% of all the debt issued, the, the bond markets would be totally rejecting this. So they are enabling this massive expansion in fiscal policy. And the problem is, if you end up getting inflation, and frankly, even if you don't, the debt is going to be so big. You remember I did my entitlement talks eight or nine years ago. That's all happened except for one thing, the interest rate level. So we're right now in the crux of when the demographic, when the baby boomers accelerate in terms of, of getting Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, that stuff. Right as we're doing that, we just put $6 trillion of new debt on. Again, all enabled by the Fed. These guys could not be doing it. Bond rates would go to a prohibitive level. These points have also been reiterated by the likes of Ray Dalio and other investment figureheads who are really predicting a very pessimistic outlook for the US, not solely within the next few years for the potential of a deep recession, but simultaneously for global domination and the potential demise of the US dollar.